What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast show. I'm your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LBZ, LB, Big Brown, 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 B, Ron, Ronnie, the choice is yours. Welcome to episode 72. We have a very, very, very special guest. Otis Merrill is on the show today. Uh, Cleveland native, was a top recruit coming out of high school 2007, chose the University of Wisconsin to further his athletic and academic career, was there for two years, <clears throat> then transferred to Illinois State where he finished his career, went undrafted in 2012 in the field draft, got picked up by the Green Bay Packers as an undrafted free agent, spent, I believe, two years with them on and off until he stepped away from the game. Uh, now he is into law enforcement in the suburban Columbus, Ohio area. Super uber excited to get my boy Otis on the show to talk about his career and to talk about his after effect and how he got into what he's into now. So there he is. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, what's good with you, bro? <laughs> hey, hey, I know you're super busy, man. I appreciate you carving out the time. I won't be long, and I, I know you still got business to handle. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. So this is called the After Effect Podcast Show. You know, I've been trying to get you on forever, man, but it's my belief that, you know, all of us athletes, we have an after effect or aftershock from our athletic career when it's all over, you know, from the wins, the losses. The injuries, like we both had, the the, the racism, the nepotism, the pain, just everything from, you know, it's a 15 to 20 year relationship, man. And when it's all said and done, Which you know, the world crazy, expects man. us to just <laughs> go from doing that 15, 20 years to something else, man. I feel like a lot of our stories are never told, man. So this is a free and safe space for us to just kind of relive the journey, talk about some good times, bad times, and we just try to push the culture forward. Okay. Cool, cool, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yes, you know how to type on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you jumping on, man. Um, so I just got one current event for you, then we will dive in your childhood. Um, you know, we got the playoffs coming up. I think three more games in the regular season left. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl this year and why? I mean, of course, our brownies, if we would have won, if we would have won on Monday, we'd be in fourth place. Uh, but we lost. <laughs> so now we're in 12th, kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, I couldn't remember if you were a fan of any other teams. I know you played for the Packers for uh, two years. Um, so who do you have when the Super Bowl this year and why? Uh, man, uh, to tell you the truth, man, I really don't follow, like, football that much anymore. Um, yeah. But with that being said, man, you, you can always go with a known commodity like Tom Brady, man. You know, so, First. <laughs> you know, I, I think the Bucks going to pull it together and, and make a run for us. So, I think that's Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's it's crazy, thing. like <laughs> I thought Brady was done after like four or five, but the fact that he has seven now is kind of like you can't really put a number on it. He might get eight, he might get nine. He just, you know what I mean? You just never know. <laughs> it's crazy with like the, the technology advances and, and different like rehabs and recovery. Like, I mean, this man is 40 years old playing against the best in the world. Like, and performance, not just 44. out there. <laughs> 44 leading the league and passing yards and touchdowns right now. Right. Um, I mean, it's funny, you know, we both play in the Big Ten, but I always just think it's funny that people forget that, you know, Tom Brady played, went to Michigan, like he played in the Ten. So, you know, yeah. for us both to have that experience and play against Michigan, I play in the big house. I'm not sure if you did as well, but to know the best, the best quarterback ever, you know, came from the Big Ten, man, and to have that experience is, uh, 
as I get older, uh, you know, it, it, it means more. <laughs> and that's, that's, I feel like as I get older, I appreciate all the accomplishments that I had, like coming up, like when you're actually going through it and you're in that grind, you don't take time to take a breath. Like, man, I, I made it far. Like At I got all. a scholarship to go to college or I got <laughs> I got to work out with a pro team. Like, you know, like you don't think of it like that. You think like, it's my time. I got to make it, you know? So you're not, you're not truly appreciative of the moment, but as you get older and you listen to other people talk like, man, like I really did like do some things that a lot of people don't get the chance to experience, you know what I'm saying? So. Exactly. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of newly in that space. Uh, Cause I mean, you can see my Jersey in the back, man. Like this is my first time ever hanging up my Jersey, like ever. Like it was like, knee deep in my closet. I never wanted to talk about football. I never wanted to talk about what I had done because it felt like I underachieved, you know, to be honest. And I never had that eight to 10 year illustrious NFL career, never reached the highest level. So, so um, never wanted to talk about it, man. But like you said, when you, as you get older, you can start relish and to appreciate what you did accomplish. I mean, you know, you go from, I think what, 5 million high school players, then that, that number goes to two or 3,000 college players, not even counting D1. And then that number goes to 300 NFL players, man. So so to even do what we've done, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's right. still a blessing, man. So so yeah, yeah, I can attest to that, bro. Um, so yeah, man, let's talk me a childhood. Cleveland kid, I mean, I grew up in the 90s as well, but I always feel old, old when I say this. You know, we didn't have technology, we didn't have YouTube, didn't have camera phones, we didn't have, we really used to be outside for 12 hours. And, you know, you know, you know, you get that water, you get that water uh, from the water hose, you know, you may go in, maybe grab a sandwich real quick, but you got to be in by the, by the street lights come on. So right. paint me a picture on what it was like for you growing up in the 90s, like, you know, from your viewpoint. Um, well, growing up in the 90s, like I said, like, we did have like the bare basics. Like I kind of, I kind of grew up in I moved around a lot. I stayed in the city. I stayed in the suburbs, but I moved around a lot. Um, with my mom, my two sisters. So football, like nobody pushed me to go do that. It was something that I was just drawn to. So right. initially, like I learned how to play football from watching Monday Night Football or watching the older cats play on the street and just trying to emulate what they did. You know what I'm saying? So it took a little bit more effort and drive. And it made me appreciate like once I actually did get good at it, like, oh, okay, like. I, right. This this is working, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, this, right. and then like once you got older, I started looking like once I got to like middle school, high school, I started looking at this as a as a tool to like propel me like further in my life, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew as far as like college tuition things of that sort, that was expensive, you know what I'm saying? So any burden that I could take off my parents and things of that sort, I, I really wanted to do that, you know what I'm saying? Like I never it's wanted a, to be a burden, you know? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, same here for me. Like it's funny. Growing up, I mean, I, I, I grew up on 169th and uh, Miles, but it was the same thing for me. Like, I used to watch the Sunday night games, the Monday night games, the all the college football games on Saturday. My father used to buy me, like, McDonald's and used to lay, like, newspaper out on the floor, and I would have to eat it on <laughs> in the living room and watch the games with it. You, you, know, you know how that used to be. But then, like, just all the guys in the neighborhood started playing backyard football. Then we went to our local uh, mini league team, and I just played because they played, and then did the same thing, emulate, you know, what I saw, but just kind of had had those like athletic gifts. And then you just you start to realize that you're good. So my next question is for you, when did you notice, like for me, it was like 10th grade high school and you were there with me. Uh, <laughs> but when did you notice that like, okay, like 
I'm a little faster than like everybody else. I'm a little more explosive than everybody else. I'm like a I'm like a more developed athlete than everybody else. Then all the college letters start coming. Then 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 the offers start coming. Then the coaches start coming. Offers start coming. You start to feel like you making a lot of plays that guys two to three years older you not even making. Like when did that light switch hit on for you? I always say to any elite athlete, some guys get that in eighth grade, some guys get it in the ninth. I got it in the tenth where it's like, oh no, like I could probably really go play college football, go to college for free. Like that yeah. kind of it really hit me in tenth grade. Like, oh yeah, no, I think I could really do this. And it's funny, you know, like uh, you know, we were at the same school at the time. So when was that time for you? Was it ninth, tenth, tenth grade around that same time? Oh. So this is crazy. So I went to FDR, which is like right there by Glenville. So I remember right. being at FDR or whatever, and I'm with, I'm, you know, I'm just playing ball or whatever. And, and then I was over there in the field when, when the high school was practicing or whatever. I'm just uh-huh. messing around. And I don't know. This is crazy because I, he, he said this and I, I had no idea what it meant. He's like, you don't even know who you are. You know who that is already. You know the G, right? So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't even know who you are. I'm like, like whatever, like <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So, right. boom! Fast forward a couple later, a couple years later, like I, I've been to a couple of different schools and I transferred to Glenville. So, you know, Glenville is like a hotbed for like you know, saying college athletes things of that sort. But I got over there and I'm like, hmm, like I can, like I'm, I'm pretty good. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I fit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not a talent disparity. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, exactly. Whatever. So I would say, yeah, it was around like ninth, tenth grade. Like, huh, I, I okay. might be, able to, I might be able to use this to propel yeah. me a lot. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, same here. And 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 I saw you propel. I mean, we pretty much, you know, propelled at the same time and uh, got recruited by a lot of the same schools and all that, man. So another big moment I, was like the the uh, bus tour, like the bus yeah. tour. When we start competing against everybody else. I'm like, oh, these they not like us. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And that's when your confidence kind of like go through the roof because you. Cause now you can really see, especially going to all those different camps, seeing guys in the Nike camp and seeing guys from all these, from all these different States. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, nah. like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like that gives you that confidence of going into, you know, that junior and senior year, like, okay, I'm really about to show, you know, who I am. So man, talk about your recruiting process. Uh, like I said earlier, I know we got recruited by a lot of the same schools, man, but um, why ultimately Wisconsin, um, you know, who were, who, who were your top three? Uh, you know, going into it. Okay. Um, I would say, like I told you, I kind of kind of started to figure things out around 10th grade. I would say most of my my like offers came like after the after the bus tour. So like going into my my senior year, um, the bus tour really did a lot for me, just being able to get out there and let the coaches see me. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I had bounced around so much, you know what I'm saying? But just to actually have them see me in person. Um so, I mean, after the bus tour, like, it, it blew up. Like, I think I ended up with, like, 22 offers or something crazy. So, it was yeah. like. Yeah, same for me. Started <laughs> with, like, like okay. I think three or four. And then, like, after the tour, yeah, it was, like, over 20. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. At that point in time, I realized, like, I was going to be a DB, not a running back. I wanted to be a running back. But, you know, I, was, yeah. I wasn't the biggest guy, you know. But <laughs> right, right, right. At that point in time. So, um, yeah, man, that's when things started to come together for me after that. Like, okay, like, I can, I can use this. Right. Right, and then around signing day, signing day was uh, was I believe February two thousand seven. What ultimately made you say, you know, okay, I'm going to sign with Wisconsin? I know, you know, Coach Ginn uh, uh, played played a really big part in that um, with them recruiting Kyle Jefferson as well, and with you know Devin Jones signing with Wisconsin the year before that, uh, and a few guys from Cleveland having having success there. 
um, you know, what ultimately made you pick them over everyone else, over all your other offers? It was uh, Coach Mason. Coach Mason was the recruiting coordinator for, like, our area from Wisconsin. Yeah, Henry Mason. I remember him. Yep, Henry Mason. <laughs> yep. So we had um, – we just had a good a good relationship. Like, I felt like a rapport with him. Um, I felt like he had my best interest at heart. And then right. the university also had, like, everything you could you could want, man. Like, you exactly. go there, and I mean, you like <laughs> – like there's nothing I would need, you know what I'm saying? Like right, this right. place is gonna help me get to where I want to go. So all the resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, one thing that I love talking about on this podcast, man, is the transition from high school to college, right? Um, like you said, you moved around a lot. You went to a lot of different schools. But with that being said, you were kind of like me. Like we came, we we went from Glenville to to PWIs. You went to Wisconsin. I went to Iowa. Both of those states are 98, 99% white. And just, I mean, you know, it's a small percentage of people that look like us. And I, I love being honest. That transition was, was really hard for me. You know, we all we all went to, to school in that summer, August 2007. And I felt like I didn't really get comfortable with being on campus till probably like November. Those first couple of months was hard. Not Obviously, the football part was hard. Camp and all the lifts and getting used to your schedule. We had to take 15 hours in season, so the schedule was crazy. But just getting on the campus bus, and I'm the only black guy on the bus, <laughs> but like all the students know who you are because you're a student athlete. You know, you came there to play football. Um, but it just was, it was kind of a weird space for me because I wasn't used to like befriending Caucasian people or or being in the classroom with 200 people. And it's like me and you, the only black guys, maybe just one hooper over here and everybody else white. Like, you know, it like, I didn't feel comfortable. It took me a while, to, and, and I never really spoke about that. I just, you, you know how we are. We're going to keep our head down. We're going to keep grinding. No matter what's going on, we're going right. to figure it out. So how was your transition? Did you kind of go through kind of the, the same kinds of things? For sure. It was definitely a culture shock. Like, I got there. I remember, like, me, because Kyle was my roommate. So yeah, <laughs> we get there, and we like, like, bro, like, we we moved in the brand new dorm. We, we were the first class to stay in these dorms. So I'm looking in these dorms like, that, like, Bro, we get to stay here for free. Like, <laughs> we, we just play ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. go to school. Like, but um, it was like, a, it was just different. Like, just the interactions with the different cultures and certain things people did, like, and things yeah. like that. Like, so it was definitely a transition, man. Um, and then on top of that, you, I mean, you had to transition, like, in the classroom, man. Exactly. The, the level of what you, your play had to be consistent. At. Like, it was, it was, it was yeah. a big transition, man. So you had yeah. a lot. For 18, 19 year old kid to to deal with, and then we're nine hours from home. It wasn't like oh, I'm gonna go home this weekend and kind of recharge. <laughs> no, it was none of right, that. <laughs> so right, right. See the fan real quick. Get back to the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you gotta figure it out, you know. But, yeah, yeah, you gotta figure it out. Man, I can, I can I can totally attest to that, bro. Um, so like, talk about because because also you know when guys go from from these really big universities to to other universities. Talk about going from Wisconsin to Illinois State. Um, um, was your was your confidence, well, not to say confidence, because I'm sure your confidence wasn't shot because you were going to a smaller school, but when you went to Illinois State, did you feel like you made the right decision? Um, um, you know, and, and also just the facility from, from the facility standpoint, I'm sure you all didn't have, you know, your own your own cafeteria with your own cooks and yeah. Big Ten treatment. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the same as somewhere like Illinois State. Like, so just sometimes talk about that transition going to a smaller school. Sometimes you don't understand what you got until it's gone. Um, <laughs> 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 big transition, man, but it was a decision that I made and I had to um, 
I had to, I had to make the best of it. You know what I'm saying? Like my, my goals and where I wanted to be didn't change, you know, um, right. it was just a different path. So right. once uh, I ended up transferring there, I mean, I had some, I had some Rocky, some Rocky points where I'm like, Hey, like, was this the right way to go? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, I fought through it, man. And uh, gave myself opportunity, like to even have a chance, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would say just the whole pro- whole college process. Like I, I went through injuries. I had to come back from injuries. Then I transferred. I had to come back from that. Like it was, it developed a certain sense of like perseverance. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. it 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 just installed that. I mean, we I kind of always had that dog, but like yeah, you have to apply it in a different a different yeah. atmosphere or a feel. You know? So exactly, um, man, man, I I I can tell me a test to that, and and I knew that you would be able to make the transition. You know, you know, fairly well. So you know, talk about your 2012 process after your senior year. Um, you know, where did you train? What were you hearing before the draft? And then ultimately the 2012 NFL draft. That's actually a day that I hate re- re- revisiting. <laughs> you know, going Bro, you undrafted. Know, you going know undrafted. how we know Well, but, you know, but you, um, you know, you signed on as PFA, priority free, prior, priority free agent. You know, I, you know, I didn't even end up getting that. I didn't get a, end up getting a workout till about six months later. But talk about that whole process. What were you hearing? Did you, did you, did you figure you would get drafted? And then, you know, who called, you know, with undrafted free agent deals after the draft? Um, so basically, uh, I I really, like, during, during my, my senior season, like, towards the end of my senior season, we had a couple teams, like, come in and look at a couple different guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I really didn't hear too much. Like, I like San Francisco, like, I talked to San Francisco and Oakland a little bit, like, when they mm-hmm. came in to, like, see us want to practice. But that was that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. Then um, we had our pro day. I did pretty well at the, at the pro day. Um, I actually did two pro days. I did Northwestern's and I did ours. So Northwestern had a, a big time tight end that was coming out. So everybody was there. So yeah, um, I think that I think that kind of helped me like be seen during that pro day. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I did that. Um, I mean, I, in the meantime, like I was I was training everywhere. Like I was training like two three times a day. Like that's pretty much all I did. Um, I remember. <laughs> yeah, you, you was with me, bro. Like, I, was, I was there with you. I remember coming back to Cleveland um, about a month before the draft, and we just trained every day. Like you say, sometimes two times a day, sometimes three. For like like that whole month leading to the draft, we just train, train, train every day. <laughs> I remember. So I, I remember like the drive goes go is is over with. I'm I'm at home like I'm in my garage because I didn't want to be around. That's all in my garage or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, dang, like, okay, I didn't get drafted. Like, okay, let's, you know, let's let's keep it, let's keep it together. But uh, right. Right. <laughs> um, and then like later on that night, I got a call from uh, from Green Bay. I had never talked to Green Bay, anything mm-hmm. like that. And they were like, uh, we want to we want to bring you down for for a workout. I was like, I'm there, <laughs> like I'm there. So um, right. initially they brought us down. It was like 50 people. Um, they brought down. Um, they end up signing five. So this was Mother's Day weekend. Right. So they end up signing five or whatever. So, um, but that weekend, I mean, they gave you the whole playbook and expected you to learn it. Like that, that weekend. So it's like oh, hold on, we could go. Yeah, yeah, you guys are good. Yeah, come on in. Okay. Uh they're here. They here. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the call. We came today. Not working. Yeah, we came today and what's working. Okay. Well, yeah, just do your thing. I'm on the call. I'm sorry. 
Sorry, bro. Having having oh. having problems at the crib. <laughs> it's, it's life, bro. I already know. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, like we go out there um, that weekend. Like I'm giving it all I got. I'm doing things that I have. I'm running down on every special team, trying to just trying to be seen, you know. Um, but I was blessed enough to to be one of those five people who got uh who got signed, man. And it was it was a good feeling to be able to like. I remember going outside of Lambo, sitting on the curb. And I called my mom and mother they're like, I've made it, you know, you know, you know, the water yeah. was born. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Mother's was, Day, though. yeah. On Mother's Day, you know what I'm saying? So it was it was a good feeling, man, to just to know I had an opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to fulfill yeah. like a lifelong dream. So so like what like if you could if you could dive back into being in that space, I know that was almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a week or so, it's 2022. But talk, I mean, just going from, you know, a, play, a, a guy from Cleveland, Ohio, playing at Illinois State, and now here you are on the same team as Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews. I mean, all these guys that are going to be, all, all, you know, um, Hall of Famers one day. Did you, and I know, like, you always been a guy to never rest in your laurels, so it's always about the grind. It's always about, okay, I got to make the team. I got to, but did you ever just sit there like, man? I'm on the same team as Aaron. Like, 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 did you ever even really have a chance to think about it? Or did you not, or could you not really think about it till later? So to answer that question, I, I kind of had a moment. So growing up, like the, the DB that I kind of wanted to play like was Charles Woodson. You know what I'm saying? Course. So, so Wood, Wood was actually still there when my first year. Yeah, oh so yeah. I had an yeah. opportunity to be in that same meme room, but you know, I can't be a groupie, you know. <laughs> I'm not I'm nobody nobody knows this guy used to be my, my screensaver. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and like, forget, this is what I'm from Ohio. Like he went to Michigan, but he's from Ohio. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So nobody knows, like dang, like I had this dude as my, my screensaver. He's sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a, I like dag like I, I made it moment you know what I'm saying but right, right. Um, to answer your question like I like you said like I don't think I really took a took the time and like in that moment to say like dag like I'm in a like I didn't do that because I was trying to I was trying to make it sense. you know like yeah yeah so I was I was gotcha. so like focused on making it like so right of course of course you know, so man those two years that you were with the Packers what any moment stood out to you um, um, you know, that, that you can remember of top of your head? Man, uh, it was, it was actually against Cleveland, man. Like that was, okay. Like, I remember that game. That, yeah, Cleveland, <laughs> like that was like my, like coming out, like I was doing well, like on all the special teams, but, um, <clears throat> I was already playing like all the special teams, but like, I had never returned kicks. I didn't return kicks in college, whatever, but Randall Cobb or something was doing something with his shoe and they like, we need a returner. We need a returner. Yeah. And I ran out there. <laughs> and I, I don't care like I know I know what to do when I get the ball you know what I'm saying so, right, right. <laughs> I ran out there or whatever and they kicked that ball. like you know like when you hear your name it's not that you're nervous but your legs feel kind of weak like right <laughs> I don't know they felt weak like I wasn't nervous like I've been practicing like this is third preseason game you know so right um and I remember them kick kick the ball off and like hearing my name, like Otis Merrill from Cleveland, Ohio, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's it. Like, that was, that was like a big moment. Um, right. And then that first kickoff return, I took it for like 65 yards. So it was like, I remember that. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I, I know that's something that you can't forget. <laughs> Hopefully, you got like a photo or something from that game. Oh, I got the, the, I got the little video. Okay? I, got little or something. <laughs> I got okay. a video of it. So we all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, man, talk. So, you know, this is a, a point kind of a segment that was a hard time for me. Talk about when you knew that you were like done with football. I think you had played, I think you had went the arena route for a couple months 
And I'm sure you had a lot of CFL tryouts and things like that. Uh, but you started to get up in age, probably what, around 26, 27. It's like, okay, you start figuring out different paths. Was it, was it a day that you remember that you like, okay, I'm done playing? Or was it like kind of a transition? Like, okay, I'm, I'm about to start working, but if something happens, I still want to play. Because for me, it was like, it was like a day. I was 27, almost 28. And I'm like, man, I did everything I could do. I played two years of arena ball. I got a new film, I got a new agent. Nothing happened. I, it was kind of like, I was kind of okay with, with saying, you know, I was done with the game. I wanted to reinvent myself and figure out what I like to do outside the ball. Like what brought me joy outside of football. So was it a day for you or, tra- or just kind of a transition, like a six month to year transition? Do you remember that time period? I, I do, man. It was, it was a hard time. Like it was a hard time in my life because football had been so much of my identity. Like from the time I was seven years old, like this, exactly. like it was like, oh, this, like the football player, you know what I'm saying? So it was always a, a part of me. So just, it, it was tough, man, just that transition because you have that competitor in you, that dog that want to push through this hard moment and, and make it. But at the same time, you have to think about developing yourself outside of football, you know? Like nobody really touches on that part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no coach or guidance for that, you know? So that's exactly. something you have to figure out on your own a lot. And um, I mean, it was tough, man. Like I, I bounced around to a couple different jobs, man, just trying to find like- Yeah, what like, you like to do. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, because you don't, you don't know, like, we didn't, I didn't work at Target when I was in 10th grade, I was at football practice, you know, like, I didn't, I had no idea, like, I like, right. I, I had my degree, you know what I'm saying, so that was a plus, um, right. so that I had that to fall back on, so, but, you know, when you're writing that resume, and you, you looking like, okay, I play here, play here, degree, like, no job history, you know, right. it's hard to, sometimes if you don't know somebody, it's hard to get your foot in the door, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I feel like once I got my foot in the door, I can sell my skills. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you do learn so many valuable lessons from football and then school and things of that sort. Like, I knew if I got my foot in the door, I can sell my skills. But it was about getting my foot in that door. I didn't have family members in a in a field that, was, that can kind of give me that. Bro, bro, it's fun. I, said, I, say, I tell guys that all the time. It's like, it's all about resources. It's, it's probably more about resources than education because because sure. a lot of times, a lot of times we don't grow up like, you know, like Johnny and Iowa, or like, or like, or like John in Wisconsin, and you know, they their family has their own company, and it's been trickled down from generation to generation to generation. So it's like those guys really don't, it, they don't care if they make it in the or not, because they, you know, they can just go work for dad or go work, you know, for the for the fam for the family business. And when you don't have that, when you grow up in the inner city, and you really gotta have resources to figure things out, that transition is a lot harder, you know uh you know for 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 us than, than it is for other people so man, i love that you kind of touched on that man and then once and then once you finally found like a field that's that gives you that stability and the benefits and the pay and things of that sort that you can sustain a family on like at that point in time now you have to like level up for pretty much and figure out how to make your money work for you or how to what what exactly is a 401k what it, what's, what's, what's a CD? What's a bond? Like, how does this work? Nobody, right. if nobody, like these, these are things that you have to research for yourself so you can put yourself right. in a position where when you retire, like you can live comfortably, not, you yes, know sir. Yes, struggle. sir. You know self-taught, self-taught. Yeah. You got to teach yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm in the process of that now, man, just uh, making different business moves and investments. And, you know, even like during the pandemic, I made my first like real return on a, on a, on an investment stock. And it was kind of crazy, like, 
Like, yo, like, like I got some advice, you know, from some guys that are really heavy on stocks and uh, has had some money put away. But to see that return, like a, a substantial return, it's like, okay, wow, this is different. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, just figuring out, you know, how to, you know, basically, you know, how, how to make your money work for you. And, and then it's like, you can't be afraid to ask questions, man. Like it's people who have, who have been there and have that, that money in their family. So they, they've been doing this since they were, you know, 20 years old, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it is about networking. It's about like me getting with guys like you, like, Hey man, so you said something about that return. Like, how do you, yeah. like, how does yeah. it work? You know what I'm like, exactly. You always got to remain humble, man. And not, I mean, cause you can learn something from anybody. You know, I think a lot anybody. of people think, reach that level and they're like oh i can't learn that's not true you know like i, I don't right know. right and 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 that's 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 heavy in the, in the black community man just you know like you said after reaching a certain level it's like acting like you know so much instead of being hungry for more information and like now the more information i learn i try to act like i know least like i ask more questions now like you know as as i as i retain more information i ask more questions than i ever had in my life so yeah, yeah, I speak that language, man. Uh, so two more things. What would you say is Otis Merle's after effect of his entire athletic career? What was what were some lessons that you learned from when you first started playing, you know, uh, that you still carry with you now, you know, every day when you're at the gym, when you're at work, um, you know, just just those more those morals and those ethics, you know, what would you say is your after effect? What you know, what were some of those lessons that you learned? I would say just from like all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations, um, I definitely learned how to persevere and just like, I'm very determined. Like, you know, I understand everything is not going to go smooth for you all the time. You know, there's going to be bumps in the rows, but I mean, you just have to have faith and, and continue to push through it, man. So that's, that's one of the big things for me. And then just always allow myself to, this is something that I learned that I didn't do in, in that moment. It's just to, take a second and see the big picture and just be grateful for the things that you have accomplished. You know what I'm saying? Like, take, right. I, I try to reflect, you know what I'm saying? A little bit right. more in the moment, <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to have to wait to 20 years exactly. down the line actually see like that, like you're from the inner city, went to college, played pro, and now. Yeah, like, man, you know, that's powerful. I love that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Well, yeah, man, one thing that I've been trying to pride myself on, 2020 was the weirdest year to date. We've never had it since we've been alive. We've never had to walk through a coronavirus pandemic. We've never had to wear masks. The world has never shut down. One thing that I've been trying to pride myself on is giving guys, you know, flowers while we're still here now. You know, we met like young, maybe 15, 16. And I think we've all, I feel like we've always had that respect for each other because we know how each other work. And it's not just about how we work on like one day, but it's more so the longevity, the consistency of the work that we did. It's kind of like, I kind of knew what, what I could expect from you, what I was going to get from you. And you kind of knew what you were going to get from me it, just as a brother and as a teammate. So I just want to kind of all your accomplishments, bro, everything you've done in sport, after sport, everything you're doing now, man. I just want to, you know, show you that love and kind of give you your flowers while, while, while we're both still here, bro. Um, one thing that I always uh, admired about you, and I can speak about it more now as we got older, is that you've always been yourself. Like, you never let anyone influence you. You know what I mean? And I think that people don't really lean into that until they get older, being proud of who they actually really are, like you know what they what what they like to do, what they do, what they don't like to do, um, things that they're interested in, things that they're not interested in. Um, when you're young, you know everybody everybody just want to be so cool, want to be so hit, want to want to get all the girls and this and that. 
Um, but I always felt like even as a young person, you always leaned into who you were and you didn't care like who liked it and who didn't like it. <laughs> so that's one thing as we get older and we mature and we we, we kind of see how the world works. That's one thing that I can really say like that I've always appreciated about you, bro. And again, yeah, I just want to give you your flowers while you both still here. And I appreciate that, man. That, that means a lot, man, because it's coming from a person I know that that that's seen me through multiple levels in my life. Like we we know each other. Like I consider you my brother. Like I know exactly. we don't talk every day, but like, I can I, I like, guarantee you. I'm like, I know my man's out here. Like, peanut butter jelly sandwich, and then we about to go lift. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so, like I remember being together. on the tour. We sleeping in the same bed. Like I, I let go. Like, like you, my right. brother. Like, I know. Right. So that, that means a lot coming from you, you know what I'm saying? So Yes, yes, man. yes, definitely, man. And so, yeah, I'm glad you called out the time for me. Man, best of luck in, in all your future endeavors. Let's continue to stay in touch. We've always did a pretty good job of that. And again, man, I appreciate you joining, joining and carving out the time for me. Appreciate you having me, man. Much love. All right, well, much love. Right, Take care. All right, guys. So, um... I hope you stay for the whole episode. That was a powerful episode 72 with Otis Merrill. He is in law enforcement now in the suburban Columbus, Ohio native uh, area. Um, he has a, you know, extremely powerful story. He played with the Packers for two years. So if you've uh, listened to this whole podcast on any audio platform, please rate us. Please leave us a review. As you know, listenership is one of the ways that we make money. If you are watching this on any, on, on YouTube or, or, or any visual app, please like, please share, please comment with any questions um and subscribe to lebron daniel tv and yeah if this is the last uh, episode that we do in 2021 i want to say tell you all cheers happy new year's cheers you know you know make that vision board write down your goals write down your visits and attack 2022 we're going to do the same thing here at lsd studios as we continue to develop this, this production company and yeah until the next time peace